Hello, I'm Emily Dean. And I'm Kim Hyland. And we're your hosts for You're Not That Special. Where we share conversations about the wonder and joy of our everyday lives. And we're so glad you're here. Hello. Hey, Em. How are you? Doing all right. How are you? I'm also doing all right. All right. All right. And you know what? All right (laughs) is all right. It is. Yeah, we were just talking about how there's something, well, I'll just speak for me. There's something in me that wants to say, I'm great, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that wants to not only come here to, you know, our podcast, but come to every day with enthusiasm and excitement. And personally, I feel like that's a message that most of my life I've been told I should if I'm right. If you don't feel all right, then, then what's wrong? What's wrong? And exactly. we got to fix it. Yeah. And yeah. Is, is all right enough? Mm-hmm. It makes me think of one of my favorite um, children's books, My Many Colored Days by mm-hmm. Dr. Seuss, mm-hmm. that, you know, it talks about how I love it because on different days, we it compares colors to different emotions. And it just, when I read it to one of you guys, when you were little, it kind of gave me a paradigm that I really had never had. And that was that on different days, I feel different ways, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And it it talks about the, some days I feel busy yellow bee, I think was what it Mm -hmm. said. And it made, I remember it was, I mean, it really was. It was like a eureka moment for me when I was reading that. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I think every single day I should feel busy yellow bee yeah and realized maybe that's the problem (laughs) you know maybe the expectations are more the problem than the fact that I'm human and I don't always feel very productive or happy or right and culture to culture shows you know like has a propensity for you know different colors different colors yeah so it also could be totally cultural you know if you're in this culture yes i feel like where we are you know western society is pretty busy yellow bee like that's that's the up you know that's the one you want all the time right but culture to culture it's not necessarily that i can't remember all the many colored days but you know it could be a totally different color that is you know their preference and state of being right and busy yellow bee might be annoying (laughs) yes yeah that's so true that's so true but it's yeah and i think that there's something really freeing I'd like every day to feel. <laughs> I do like being productive. Yeah. I like feeling energetic, but there's something really freeing when saying, "Yeah, I'm just kind of all right," and that's fine. Um, you earlier talked about the idea of a perpetual spring. Yeah, and you were you were reading. Um, well, do you mercy. want? Yeah, yeah. So why don't you talk well, about that? Well, I I was just I just finished a severe mercy by Sheldon. Uh, Van Van Nuken, Van Nuken, um, and um, in it, there's talk about um, him and his wife Davy, their love of beauty and their love of, um, I mean, they just if you, if you've read it, you know they 
live this luxurious, beautiful life. And they, um, yeah, they it's very intentional. It's kind of everything that it's so romantic. Every ever wanted. Right? Yeah, it almost yeah. feels like when I started it, it felt like a fiction because they're in this like Gadsby like mansion, and it's all a true. This is all a true. Um, it's a memoir. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and they are reading and they go for long walks and they eat delicious food and all of the people even that they come into contact with. They go to Oxford at one point. They sail through islands just because, you know, because <laughs> wouldn't that enrich us, you know, to be in the sea and sail and and then, you know, as they, they become they both become Christians and um in their uh, maturing and especially in Sheldon's maturing after his wife's passing. Um, Spoiler alert! Yeah, it's if you're reading the book, you should probably know she's gonna die. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's pretty. I feel like it'd be yeah. a little devastating if you didn't see that one coming. Most people who are about to read this book already know, and she dies, yeah, right? She dies. Yeah. yeah, but in her passing, he's in talks with C.S. Lewis, who is a dear friend of. Um, Sheldon and um, and Davy and refers to them as his favorite young people of all the young people right. he's ever encountered. They just have a dear place in his heart. And Sheldon and, and Lewis start talking about this perpetual springtime that um, cannot be for the saving of our souls. We can't stay in a perpetual spring. And of course, he's talking about, you know, kind of the natural order of things, you know, that we, um, you know, in our youth, we get married. There's this, I think for most people, a springtime, you know, that's happening. Sure, yeah. And then as, you know, as things progress, we get into the fall. Uh, we, well, we get into the summer and the fall and the winters of our lives. But that in creating this perpetual springtime, which um, Sheldon and Davy did, they denied themselves of this um, natural spiritual maturing that did require a death mm-hmm. because the springtime mm-hmm. had to die. And the, mm-hmm. the way Lewis writes, um, there are all these letters of Sheldon and C.S. Lewis writing back and forth to one another. He says, the thing had to die. And it just struck me so profoundly because we're always talking about, you know, how the you know death and life are you know they they correspond so beautifully because of our creator because of you know the way that um well i mean ultimately you know god has redeemed death because jesus rose again and because right. we will never truly die we are eternal beings but you know all of the analogies in um springtime death and new life um you know just how that's the way our lives work is in this perpetual, you know, changing of seasons and, um, and even just the idea of like pruning, you know, that a thing has to be cut off, like pruning the, the dead branches off so that we can be more fruitful. Yeah. Um, and, and that even in this story of this, beautiful, idealistic, perfect life Mm -hmm. that they lived, there was this lacking. 
Right. And you do kind of get, I mean, for me, it was like halfway through the book, I got this sense of like, okay, guys, like it's time to move on. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is beautiful. But like, when do you guys, when does something kind of rock the boat, which ends up, you know, being his wife's death yeah, is what rocks the boat. That's so interesting because what you, we intuitively know, especially when we look at story, you're waiting for a problem. Right. And we're waiting for suffering. Right. And we are a storied people. We have story written on our hearts. We have the gospel yeah. written on our hearts. Right. So, so there's we something know something wrong with it when things just keep going well. It's right. not a story. It makes you apprehensive. Like yeah. there's something Yeah. This isn't true. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I mean it really started to feel like a fiction. Like yeah. I started to think halfway through the book, I was like, does he just remember things in a really sweet way? Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. something so you start bad getting had skeptical. To have right. And and it's not even good fiction. We don't read a story that just keeps climbing, right? And getting it has better and better have and better. A, yeah, it has to have the climax or the plateau. You know, it has to, it's not a story. That's so fascinating, really, because on the other hand, we know that, we know it intuitively, but then we want to somehow live our life. In a perpetual springtime. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and we do. I mean, we we resist bad things, and that's normal. But at the same time, we recognize that there's goodness in the different seasons, you know. And I think obviously you have the wide arc of our our whole lives, the the season of that you alluded to, you know. And and eventually mm-hmm. we come to the winter of our life, mm-hmm. and then we die. But we have that that cycle in many ways. I mean, we even have it in 24 hours, mm-hmm. which I actually think is really useful because yeah. back to my busy bee, I wanted to, you know, I, I to but I want to produce all the way till I fall into bed and that's not really a healthy way of living, right? Mm-hmm. So recognizing, you know, if you think of going to sleep as winter, it's almost like a, a death, you know, and then the morning is a waking, a newness, a resurrection, and then thinking of my day seasonally has helped me live, I think, more in sync with what God intends for us. You know, there's a mm-hmm. there's a time in the evening that is a time to enjoy the harvest of yeah, the there's fall. There's a leisure time exactly. built into every day. Right. And yeah. then the idea of this morning being um it's spring, you know, you mm-hmm. plant, you prepare and then you work through the day, the summer of the day. And then in other ways, just in our lives, you know, that we go through seasons of of spring and hard, hot seasons of summer and thunderstorms and seasons of harvest and seasons of dying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all around us, and we, and we see it. So recognizing the, the goodness in that, I think, does help us to be okay with not being, you know, no. whatever your favorite is, you right. know, not being always in the summer or the, the fall. Um I've, I was laughing because that we've kind of had an early spring and all our daffodils um, around, you know, just were so happy and bright and cheerful. And then we had um, a like 19 degree night. Oh, yeah. And I woke up and my poor daffodils, they looked like somebody had just shot them. Like they were all just like flat. <laughs> so they had sad. all just like laid down. And it was just, it was, 
it was really evocative. Like they'd all just been, yeah, before, I don't know. They just died. But they didn't actually die. They just got knocked over. And then within a couple days, as it warmed up a little bit, I saw them like, you know. Stand up. Begin to stand up like, we're not done yet. <laughs> it made me, it just makes me laugh. Um, and I think that says something too, you know, about the, there's something about the perseverance of seasons. And it's like, it's mm-hmm. going to have its its say. Yeah. That happened to my my Japanese Quincy. It's this beautiful bush that I didn't know we had. And I went out to cut some after that 19 mm-hmm. degree night that we mm-hmm. had. And it was all just like, bloom. Yeah. Like it all <laughs> just was like looking down and sad. And I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. It can't be. Yeah. Like, did it come back? So it didn't come back, but yes, I, some it blooms. Made, yeah. Didn't it, make it. It made me really sad for like the whole yard because I kind of looked at that and I was like, well, then what are the tulips and the hyacinth and the crocuses and like the daffodils? What's everybody else doing? Mm-hmm. And then today, there's this little line of, they just look like soldiers, these little <laughs> resilient yeah, exactly. tulips. And they're yeah. just like, like they almost were just like, not today, Satan. Like they were just standing <laughs> up so straight and it felt so defiant. That's and I it. Just, yeah. I loved them for it. I was like, you That's go, girls. Felt. You go. That's exactly how I felt about my daffodils because I was just like mourning their passing. And then I went out one morning and it's like, you know, it's like I can almost hear the music for the, you know, the, the screen. I mean, the, the movie. You know, it's just, I know, rising again. Um, yeah. It's odd, though, you know, back to what you were saying about not wanting to just be all right. Mm-hmm. How I'm thinking about when I see friends and they're like, how you doing? And I think back and I'm like, I mean, I'm not getting anything done that I want to get done. And, you know, things just feel out of whack at home or with the kids or with homeschooling or whatever. And I'll be like, eh, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And it feels wrong. Like it yeah. shouldn't be. Right. For some reason, I shouldn't be just fine. Yes. And I'm... I don't know if you feel this way, but I'll feel like embarrassed. Like I'm just I think fine. sometimes as a Christian you feel like, well, I should be better than fine. Emotionally, I should, you know. The joy of the Lord is exactly, your strength. Like right. why don't you feel good? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think there there is something too, like our our daffodils and our, you know, it's like we're gonna resist it and we're going to fight for true things that that were good but we we also we can err i think on that and it's okay you know there's a difference between being great and um i mean no what i'm trying to say there's a difference between being despairing and i'm okay you know i'm i'm all right <laughs> right so it's we don't want to despair and sometimes we do have to talk ourselves, you know, and, and speak truth to ourselves. And, right. Um, but I think sometimes we end up despairing because we don't let ourselves Feel just be our emotions. Meh. Right. Yeah. I know I can do that, like, kind of, I guess, just like busy bee past whatever my meh emotions are trying to say to me, you know, I'll have a meh day and I'm like, I I don't have time for that. You know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I've got to get things done today. You know, we're just not going to really sit with that. And if you don't allow yourself to feel your emotions, eventually, you know, bottled up, they'll, they'll spill out all over the place. And it's just, 
I don't know. There's there's a tension between God made us emotional creatures, mm-hmm. you know, and I guess the best way would be to look at Jesus. I mean, he felt his emotions. Mm-hmm. He felt a range of um, anger and sadness and loneliness. Right. Um, but, you know, all in light of what is the truth. So he would, you know, he would always... He always knew what was true because he's Jesus, you mm-hmm. know, and was always, always, you know, always obviously looking at what is true. But he still felt mm-hmm. all of those feelings. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he did. And perfectly without sin, you know, right. which is why I think we can be so hesitant about feelings because we're like, well, I don't want to sin in my anger. You know, I don't want to yes. sin in my... And the Bible warns us... Right. ...that be careful not to sin in your anger, but it doesn't say don't be angry. Right. It never tells us not to... Don't be sad. Right? Yeah. Um, or, or don't be lonely. Like, don't mm-hmm, feel, mm-hmm. you know, burdens. We have so, burdens. Here's something that I has actually been helpful to me because um, in... My class, I'm teaching, I teach worldview studies and um, we've been talking about, you know, we talk about different worldviews through the paradigm of disciplines. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll actually, we should link to, because the curriculum, I'm like, everybody needs to learn this. It's been, mm-hmm. I mean, I've read a lot over the years about worldview, but this curriculum, Understanding the Times by Summit Ministries is is phenomenal in my opinion. But we're looking at the different you know, different humanities mostly, but we're looking at psychology. Mm-hmm. And my degree was in child developmental psychology, so it's kind of I didn't work in that field. I just had my own You just practice created your own practice <laughs> of six six yeah, right. so, yeah. So but it's bringing a lot back to, you know, my memory and um but something that I didn't actually realize was psychology itself is the root of the word psyche. Psyche is Greek for soul. And so it's the study of the soul. But in practical, modern terms, we're not looking at our soul. We've replaced soul with self. Mm-hmm. And so we've been kind of looking at the the philosophy behind that and but how it is proven really insufficient. Um, that And the reason we don't look at this, we modern psychology doesn't consider the soul is because it's predominantly secular, which is predominantly materialistic. So there isn't such a thing as a transcendent soul. There's only the material. Because what a soul would be... It's spiritual. Right. And there's a connection. I mean, when you say soul to me, I think automatically of there's there has to be a connection to a greater power. Like right. there has to be right. God. If yeah, I have a soul, exactly. then there's gotta be so a God. There's 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 a God, there is something beyond just the material and what we can see. And so, you know, it predominantly our psychology is focused on physiological and biological and right. stimuli and, and that's obviously part of our personality and part of our thoughts. Mm-hmm. But it's really, unless, you know, you're looking at Christian psychology, it's really left the concept of the soul behind mm-hmm. and replaced it with the self. And even in my lifetime, I've watched the words, we were talking about this in class, you know, self hyphen fill in the blank, self-esteem, self-worth, Self-confidence, self-love, you know, I mean, and it's, those words have 
multiplied exponentially. Mm-hmm. But are we any healthier? Psychologically. Psychologically. Mm-hmm. And we absolutely aren't. Right. For all our counseling, for all our therapy, for all, you know, the emphasis on mental health. And self. And self. We're actually much more miserable. We're, we're than we sicker were. mentally. We're sicker because we're not just a self. We're, we're a soul. Right. And so a soul is broad enough and wide enough for all of my emotions. And, you know, and so the term a lot of people know is, you know, self-actualization, mm-hmm. which is really just kind of getting all your issues together you know mm-hmm. i mean it is it's just like i'm strong i'm confident i'm i'm the pinnacle of what it is to be human mm-hmm. that's a heavy burden yeah yeah it really is i mean and that's you know in the book of severe mercy you 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 read it and you almost like part of you is like loves it and part of you hate them because it's like right. they're actually doing it right but they're they're the rarity they're the exception most people Life just doesn't permit that. And so well, you've and got for just the winners and the losers. Right. And even for them, it it like it's they kind of go they go wherever they want to, whenever they want to. You know, I I would say they sterilized their lives, you know, to um you know, they they weren't living in the real world. They were in a greenhouse, you know, with this perpetual spring. And and like we were saying earlier, there's this, as the reader, there's this, um, like, almost like a suspiciousness right. that rises up in you. like the, the But they're actually achieving, they are very self-actualized. They're right. like, what, and that's where I'm, that to me is like, that, there's the disconnect. Right. That, that we have convinced ourselves that we want this thing, mm-hmm. but it's actually the thing that often ends up crushing us yeah, and troubling our own trouble, making what is already hard so much harder because it shouldn't be this way mm-hmm. versus looking at it as I am an eternal soul. I'm actually a soul that happens to have a body. <laughs> right. And there's a longing for more that can be answered because I'm I'm a soul. Yes. You know, with this there's something so that, transcendent, something beyond right. right here that can enter in here and actually really change everything. Right. So that actually makes me think of in the book um Sheldon starts talking about at one point how this longing for beauty and he'll describe, you know, like a a gust of wind and like the beauty of the trees and how he sees it and he loves it and he longs for it, but he wants to like capture it. He wants mm-hmm. to take it. He wants to bottle it up somehow. He wants to make himself feel it more. You know, like there's this it really like lust after, mm-hmm. but just a little bit more beauty, just a little bit more knowledge at, at every corner of his life and how after, you know, his wife dies, he is connected to eternity now right. in a way that is that just answers answering yeah. it because all of a sudden mm-hmm. he's like 
oh yeah, that's right. I'm bound by time. Mm-hmm. I there is time here, mm-hmm. and he tries to imagine like conversations with his wife in heaven, and even all of you know his conversation or you know imaginings of um, you know an afternoon in heaven are all so um, minuscule because they're all bound by this concept we live in of time yeah. and he was like an yeah. eternity is not bound by you know it's not um the, you, i don't know how to say it in exactly but there's not like a and then we were done with the concert and then mm-hmm. we started lunch and then we cleaned up from lunch and moved to dinner you know like time is a concept you know that we are <laughs> What's just all we know it's all we know yeah and there's not enough of anything because we're bound by time. So if you are a lover of money or you are a lover of order or you are a lover of beauty, no matter who you are, no matter how much of any of that you accumulate, there's not enough time for you mm. because you're bound by time. Mm-hmm. We can't win time, which is why, you know, in fictions, you always see like, you know, the, the madmen, they're always trying to escape the bounds of time. Hmm. And which ultimately I think is trying to be immortal and right. escape death. Right. And so well we are eternal beings. Right. And eternity right. is written on our hearts. Yeah, we we know that we should not die. Right. That kind of comes back to, you know, cuz we're in the in the Easter season and we we see, you know, Jesus, through his death and resurrection, has overcome sin and death. Mm-hmm. So we have the hope, the sure hope, the certainty of eternity. He conquered death so that we, we won't just die eternally. We will live eternally. Right. At the same time, while we live, the fact that he's conquered sin and death, there's, there's this aspect of that eternal reality that can enter into our lives. And I think when, you know, you talk about something that's beautiful, a sunset that just moves you and and, and feels transcendent, it feels like there's something beyond just this. I feel like that's that's eternity reaching in and touching and and reminding us really of of what's to come. And that's it's the mercy of thin places. Yes, yeah. And you can't capture them. If you could capture them, they wouldn't be what they are. Right. But that's, I think, also what lifts the burden of this world needing to be everything, you know. And and the self, you know, the self is this very tempting promise, hmm. you know, that if I can just come to the place of... Yeah, the pinnacle of self, self-actualization that I'm going to find happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, we can waste our lives pursuing that. On the other hand, when we look at the idea of the soul, it, it's big enough. It has room for the reality of life. It has room for spring and the joy of it, but also has room for fall and winter and the, the death and the darkness of mm-hmm. this life. Right. And, and for suffering. And if it has room for, you know, spring, summer, fall, and winter, then there's definitely room for us to be meh for a week. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's that. Go, so goes to the whole. You're not that special. You know, it's our our. It's it's kind of tongue in cheek, but We're it's so also fun. well. It's just it's so it's if you freeing. Really, it's so freeing. Exactly. Yeah. You're not. Why don't you had shared with me earlier your poem? Oh yeah, you should read that. Um, I will. I wrote this very short short poem. <clears throat> like the stem of a rose or the frost on your window, like tending to children or letting old friends go, the stirring of the pot for ten and twenty people, the pouring out with no end, but an end to self and freedom. And the idea of it, I just, I wrote this on my, um, iPhone probably <laughs> sitting in the car with all of my um, yeah gaggle of prodigy yeah strapped in yeah so that's why you <laughs> could write it because they were isn't that beautiful being able to strap down your children and it not being a, a bad thing it's not a crime <laughs> um, I tied up all my kids and then I drove them around that's that no one can put me in jail for that. Um, yeah, well, the the idea is, so the stem of a rose, frost on your window, tending to children, letting old friends go, there's a sweetness and a bitterness to all of those things. Mm. And I was just kind of struck by, I wrote this forever ago, but I probably was, you know, in a moment of um, fatigue and mm-hmm. and just feeling like the exhaustive nature of um, young motherhood and then the stirring of the pot for 10 and 20 people the pouring out with no end there's that's hard you know like just I just had this idea of like you know my life as a mother is just like I'm forever just mm-hmm. stirring the pot and just serving like all day long and even all night long and um the pouring out with no end but an end to self mm-hmm. and freedom mm-hmm. and and the thing the thing that um not an end to self and freedom you're not saying an end to freedom you're saying an end to self and then and colon freedom yeah yeah because there's this question in all of that like well but what about me like what do i get when do i feel you know where's my self actualization mm-hmm. going to happen mm-hmm. in this pouring out mm-hmm. and the the i mean self actualization we don't actually i think most of us want if we were really mature with ourselves we don't like we don't want a perfect life we just want to be free right. you know we we just want to feel unburdened right. and in this i'm seeing oh the burden the burden is not Letting old friends go, tending to children, frost on the window, you know, um, any the stirring of the pot, the 10 and the 20 people, really, you know, the burden is that I feel like I've got to be okay with all of that all of the time. Mm-hmm. And the freedom is, um, oh my goodness, Timothy Keller's book, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. Right. It's the freedom from myself yeah. that I never, I don't have to be. I don't have to be okay with mm-hmm. all of these things all mm-hmm. the time. 
um, I'm not that special. There's an author, you know, that's going to make it all okay in the end. And I don't have to feel good about everything Mm -hmm. all the time. And that is freeing because we don't, we don't feel good all the time. And no matter who you are, no matter how, you know, quote unquote together your life is, you don't feel okay with everything all the time. And if you're an idealistic person like I am, like you can obsess over everything forever, you know, like right. the perfect picnic. But if you had just lost five pounds, you would look better in the picture exactly. of the yeah. perfect picnic. Well, and, and we, we, we have like this constant, we're constantly taking our emotional temperature. How right. am I? How am I? You know, and even everything, I mean, we're so fragile. Things can be wonderful. And, and we then still a moment, feel, yeah. And then it's like, what's wrong with me? And it's like, well, you're just human. You yeah. are, you're, you're vulnerable to this world and this life, and right. And you don't have to. I keep thinking of my daffodils. You know, it's like if you, you know, life gives you a freezing cold night, and yeah, you're gonna fall yeah. down, right? And, but then the next day, it. The beauty of the, you know, the warmth of the sun, and it revives you. And we're we're not, we're not in the driver's seat, right? Yeah, we're vulnerable to our own sin, to other people's sin. Yeah, yeah, and to our own just human condition that we get tired, right? That we get sick. We have agency. We right. certainly have agency because I'm, you know, when thinking about psychology and, and a secular view. There is the extreme of we are just reacting to all the stimuli around us and and we have no agency at all. That's not true. We do. Mm -hmm. Our choices, our thoughts, they, they influence us. But the opposite extreme is also a lie. We're not in absolute control. Right. But the hope is that God is. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's doing good things. And even as he brings pain into our lives and meh days, and, mm-hmm. you know, that it's, he has a purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's, the, the story is, is always, it's, it's good, even when it doesn't feel great. Right. We have a loving author for yeah. this story. Yeah.